0: Welcome to Chick Flicks, I'm Mackenzie Chapman.
1: And I'm Bridget Hovell, and today we are talking about Promising Young Woman and Drive. But first, let's catch up. I'll go
0: first. Okay, do it. (laughs) (laughs) I uh, recently started watching this ongoing Korean drama on Netflix called Run On, and it's like a different vibe than a lot of other Mm. K-dramas, and I can't describe it, but the characters are very, like, chill And it seems like they're both, like, more down-to-earth, I feel like, or something. And they also are, like, actually dating Mm -hmm. instead of, like, dancing around the idea of dating. Okay. So uh, it's very refreshing. I guess to describe what the actual plot is about, I always forget to do this, but um, it's about a girl who... uh, is a translator for movies um which seems like a very cool job Mm -hmm. she's like a freelance translator for movies and for just like actually translating for interviews and stuff and things like that and then she translates for this famous like track star um and then they fall in love. hot Hot. yeah it is hot it's hot also be another cool thing about it is they actually like allude to them having sex and like they definitely have sex (laughs) <laughs> which is that unusual, is, yeah. It's something. It's. I mean, it happens in some mm-hmm. Korean dramas, but it's definitely like rare. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's interesting. So love that. The second thing I'm into is the cookbook "Snacking Cakes" by Yasi Um and I love it because I like to bake a lot, and I got dessert person um, mm-hmm. earlier this year uh, from Bridget as a gift because i love to mm-hmm. bake and i love claire's outfits somewhat oh. problematically but whatever <laughs> um and i love her recipes but they're like difficult they're hard a lot of them are they hard, are hard. Um, they are hard yeah they're and involved. a lot of them have like crazy ingredients too mm-hmm. where, so it's like a little bit stressful it's fun but it's just like a little bit harder <laughs> yeah. to make stuff from But Snacking Cakes is actually a book that Claire recommended in her YouTube series. Um, And it, I mean, the title alone just grabbed me (laughs) because I am a person living alone and sometimes Claire's stuff just makes too much. Yeah, exactly. All of her cakes are like three tiers, basically. And like, I'm not going to eat all that. So I bought Snacking Cakes and I love it. It's all, basically the, Every cake is like a single could be like a single layer. Um, it is mostly just you mix it all in one bowl. I have the ingredients for like most of them already. Mm. So I'm having a lot of fun doing that. Um, and it's super like low stakes. And uh, but it's also like uh, new stuff that I haven't tried yet yeah ever before like they look amazing an olive oil too. cake for the first time yeah you could follow me on instagram at kens chap and uh
1: see what well, you're missing out on
0: see mm-hmm. my pics <laughs> um and then the third thing I'm into which is another bon appetit related thing I'm I'll, I know I need to like shut up about this <laughs> yeah. the extended um, universe God, yeah. Um, so Rachel Carton used to be the like social media director at Bon Appetit. I am a social media manager by trade, <laughs> I guess. Um, So I have been following her on Instagram for a while, and I really like her account. She doesn't work for Bon Appetit anymore. Mm-hmm. She's a freelance like consultant now, but she cool. recently started a newsletter called Link in Bio, just about uh, working in social media media and the first one came out uh this week i think the first mm-hmm. newsletter and it was really it's like pretty general stuff that i've already like heard in the social media sphere that's like uh social media people aren't in- are not interns like it's actually like a really hard job and we're all burnt out and, like
1: everything is over exhausted. social media now you know it's such a I know. assumption
0: i know it's like People think, I guess, because like everyone has it, that anyone can do it, but it's just mm-hmm. like not true, true, I guess. Um, it's really hard, <laughs> <laughs> and so I am excited to see like where she takes the newsletter. Um, because I think that there is like a definite lack of resources around being a social like working in social media, a lot of it is uh by brands that are like trying to sell their social media tools which i think is like um not the best i guess mm-hmm. so and it is very like you just have to like troubleshoot a lot and like figure it out and so i feel like there's definitely a hole that she'll fill by spreading her tips and tricks <laughs>
1: very cool i want to i want to subscribe everyone can, yeah. everyone in any field could benefit from learning about social media teenage. yeah definitely yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah
1: um what i'm into this week i feel like i have three really strong things because uh, yeah. i haven't been doing anything really other than watching tv um freaks and geeks is now on hulu i think i watched the first like four or five episodes when i was in high school i probably was getting them like via Netflix DVDs so I didn't finish mm. uh, cuz I was only familiar with the first couple of episodes this is my first time watching the whole thing f- through it is to me like the ultimate comfort watch I mm. I don't know if you've ever watched but I've done the same uh, thing as
0: you yeah. where I watched like the first few episodes and haven't finished you got to go back
1: and watch it okay. I feel like the relationships especially between I mean the the geeks and then also the young women on the show um mm-hmm. Lindsay uh, Kim Kelly and, and Millie are so sweet and leave me like with that like warm fuzzy friendship feeling. You know, it's really such a good show that really accurately captures what it's like to be in high school and how it's just torture for everyone and how like the only mm-hmm. way you can really get through is by making good friends. Um, uh. I just love that it allows um, the three. Uh girl characters to really like develop, and it's really kind to everyone too. Like the burnout Aww. characters who you think might be kind of like villainous, all are mm-hmm. humanized. You understand that they have like a home life mm-hmm. and that they're people. Really, really okay. good. And it's just so bittersweet that it ended after only 18 episodes. I feel like mm-hmm. everyone's watching, but if you haven't watched, really recommend. I recently watched a movie on HBO Max, shout out to HBO Max, uh called The Long Kiss Goodnight. Which I know my mom is a really big fan of, and I can remember her watching it when I was a kid, and her talking about this scene where Gina Davis ice skates across a lake shooting bad guys. It's <laughs> so good. Uh, it's not a perfect movie by any means, but I loved it. It's about um, Gina Davis is an amnesiac who woke up eight years ago with no memory of who she is, pregnant. She becomes a small-town teacher. She has a daughter. She has a long-term boyfriend who she's really in love with, but she's always wondered who she is, where she came from, because she can't remember anything beyond eight years. She hires this kind of low-life detective played by Sam Jackson to look into her past. And uh, it's not really a spoiler, but the big reveal is that she was an assassin. So she, it's kind of like... A much better version of like Jason Bourne, I think, because she yeah, I was gonna She's say. like a mom, school teacher, and she like can suddenly like remembers that she's really good with a knife. So she thinks she was a chef because she can like chop things and like throw knives. Yeah. And she was like, I was a chef. This is stuff chefs do. And at one point, she she kills a guy with a knife, and she's like like a chef. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, and I I the movie like really. Moved me in a way, in a way that I'm like kind of corny to admit, because it's about like a mom kind of mm-hmm. remembering her previous life and her, mm-hmm. the potential she thought she had, and the oh. woman she was before she like knocked got knocked on her head and forgot her life as yeah. an assassin was kind of like this hard hearted person who wouldn't have been interested in maternal things or homemaking, mm-hmm. and when she kind of recovers those memories, she has to incorporate. Both sides of herself into a person, you know, both the like badass, uh, promiscuous, smart mouthed assassin with like this loving mom who wants to be a school teacher and like hang out with her kid, um, and she looks fucking amazing the whole time. Gina Davis is six feet tall. It was just awesome. It was a really fun movie. Sam Jackson is great in it as well. Really, we should probably do it on the podcast because
0: I love okay. it. Okay. Um, it sounds so fun. I've never so seen good.
1: it. It's also like an action movie where you're like, okay, like every action set piece is insane. Uh, uh, yes, love you know, that. just like uh. totally defying what you think could happen. <laughs> really loved it. Um, and then last night I watched the New York Times slash Hulu documentary, Framing Britney Spears, uh, kind of an hour and a half long documentary about Britney Spears's career and her mm-hmm. current uh, conservatorship where her dad is basically in charge of all of her money even though she is forced to work you know um, mm-hmm. she cannot control her money she can't like keep a smartphone to herself Wow, some really insane shit and I thought it was a very good documentary about basically how damaging fame can be to young women and how yeah. like toxic the the media can be to young people and it will make you want to have Justin Timberlake's head on a spike um okay yeah I was like Justin Timberlake is my mortal enemy now like I wasn't a big Britney Spears fan she was the first album I ever bought but now I'm like Justin Timberlake you better watch your back
0: (laughs) yeah I I mean I love Britney Spears she was like Mm -hmm. yeah probably the first like album I bought the first Mm -hmm. concert I went to yeah Dang. I, I want to watch that
1: it's really sad especially seeing like some of the older footage of her at the beginning of her career she's so smart she's so She's like the boss, you know. You see her mm-hmm. in these clips where they're practicing for shows, and she's like directing people. She's telling people wow. what she wants and what, what wants and what she's looking for. And you know, she's like nineteen or eighteen or right. however old. And then I went on her Instagram last night, and I was like, "This is really fucking sad." Like, the world owes Britney Spears a huge apology. And the way everyone talked about her shaving her head too is like so terrible and cringy. Yeah. Really, really sad. Well, uh, kind of a good segue into uh, our first movie that we're talking about, Promising Young Woman. Yeah. Promising Young Woman, which is from uh, 2020 slash 2021, kind of in that gray area where I'm not sure how films come out anymore. (laughs) Um, Cassie spends her nights sprawled in bars, allowing overeager men who think she is drunk out of her mind to take her home. But she isn't drunk, and when she reveals this to her wannabe paramours, the men are angry, defensive, and disturbed. Cassie hunts for men like this to avenge her best friend, Nina, who committed suicide after being publicly raped at a university party. Nina's suicide also caused Cassie to drop out of med school and spend the remainder of her 20s living with her parents and working at a coffee shop. When Cassie realizes that Nina's rapist is back in town, she starts down a path of pure vengeance. I, don't, I think we should probably say that, like, big trigger warning for this discussion and also yeah. spoiler heavy because uh, this is a new film.
0: Yeah. Mm hmm. Speaking of spoilers, I uh, spoiled this movie for myself like way back in the spring when people were first starting to talk about it. um, Because I think that both of us were pretty excited about it, I think, from the trailer. Yeah. Um, But then it came out, and like a lot of people had really conflicting Mm -hmm. uh, thoughts on it. And I did read um, a review that now I forget what it was since it was almost a year ago but it was um, it spoiled the ending which I was fine with sort of and it was also like the ending was bad like it made me not Mm -hmm. like this movie pretty much Mm -hmm. Um, and the ending was that she dies she is killed by the man that she is like trying to enact vengeance upon
1: Mm -hmm. yeah it was really necessary for me to know the ending of this movie before watching it Um, I really like needed to know that was the Mm -hmm. ultimate outcome. Um, Mm -hmm. I didn't want to be shocked by that. Um, Written and directed by Emerald Fennell, who is an actress that you can see in The Crown, um, Mm -hmm. which is pretty cool. And she also, I think, was the showrunner for Killing Eve uh, season two. Um, And I agree with you. I think the ending was rough. And I think the ending also highlighted some other problems I had kind of throughout the film, um, were kind of coalesced in the ending. I remember, like you said, like watching the trailer and being really excited. And I, mm-hmm. I think reading some interviews with Emerald Fennell, like the first thing that she kind of came up with was this imagery of a girl seeming really drunk and mm-hmm. asking a guy, like, "What are you doing? What are you doing?" Like slurring her words, and then asking, "What are you doing?" in like a completely sober tone. And I think, right. like Emerald Fennell, like that idea is exciting. It's like mm-hmm. a really compelling scene to imagine. That's what you mm-hmm. see in the trailer. And then the movie kind of never delivers on that same sort of, like, weird thrill, almost.
0: Right. Yeah. yeah. I think that as, as the trailer, too, makes it seem like she's, like, murdering these men, almost. Which is not something I'm actually super excited about. Like, yeah. I don't love that idea, really. Because I was like, is this going to be super violent? Like, and she's going to be, like, killing these people? Like, I just didn't know what to expect. And I did prefer it that she didn't really do Mm. that and that she was just sort of confronting the men and being like, no, like this is bad. Like (laughs) you are pretending to be good, but this is not good. This is like, look at yourself, look at your choices. Mm. Yeah, (laughs) And I liked that. Um, But you're right. It feels like that happens, but you don't see, you don't see like the men change at all. I think maybe Mm. like, there, there's like that one moment of confrontation and then that's it sort of so it does feel a little like unsatisfactory but also probably like accurate <laughs> to life
1: yeah it's difficult because I think when watching it you're like compelled to be like how realistic is this when mm. kind of both ways are un- unrealistic like if maybe she had lived at the end and like there had been more of a triumphant moment that's unrealistic Mm
0: -hmm.
1: um it's 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 definitely a new kind of rape revenge movie in that Mm -hmm. it is um a woman avenging on behalf of her best friend rather than Mm -hmm. a lot of times it's like a man avenging a daughter or a wife um I did think kind of watching it too that she's suicidal the whole time that she must be Mm -hmm. you know um And something else that I kind of had fault with in the movie, I don't think Carrie, I think Carrie Mulligan was miscast in this role a little bit.
0: Yeah. I don't know. Um, I agree. I think I agree.
1: Yeah. She kind of famously, actually recently, got a retraction on a variety review of this movie that said basically the same thing. It was like a glowing review, but did say, like, I think Carrie Mulligan was miscast. She, Mm -hmm. like, kind of has like a weird. American accent that makes her voice super low. She doesn't seem at ease in kind of like the costuming. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. She's also like almost significantly older than the character she's playing, which was something I also thought about that they, the like inciting incident, the rape takes place and what I assume is probably their first or second year of medical school. Mm-hmm. And then they're all in their early 30s or like 30. Mm-hmm. Um, I was kind of like, why not make them older or like, make them younger you know it just that seemed kind of weird and also i know that emerald fennel was like trying to make a point by making the movie the aesthetic of the movie like pink and neon and Mm -hmm. very cutesy what did you think about that
0: i think that like mainstream feminism feminism i guess like Mm. has an issue with that in general of like Oh, I like you wear eyeliner or something, mm. so you're a feminist or something. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. or like you buy like neon, like, uh, just like socks that say fem- feminism on them, and then you're like a feminist or something. Yeah. Um, so I think that like that it sort of fits into that like aesthetic mm-hmm. and like pr- also problem, but. I mean, it's, it's an aesthetic I like. Like, I like me too. You know, neon stuff, and it's fun. And but I do think that this movie and Drive compare their protagonists to like children mm-hmm. pretty explicitly. Uh, Cassie's friend in this movie actually calls her like childish, or yeah. I think, or something like similar to that. And I think that the aesthetic sort of highlights that for sure because it is so like bubblegum pink Mm -hmm. and um the way she dresses as well she has like every nail is a different bright color and she wears like pigtails and bright colored dresses um and i think that both movies attribute the like immaturity or like stalling of these mm. two protagonist lives to like <laughs> toxic american masculinity which Definitely. i think that like both in drive and this movie you could say that they're victims of that but obviously mm. in different ways
1: yeah it's kind of a difficult movie to talk about i think something that would have helped if it like was funnier which is kind of like a weird note to give a rape revenge movie Mm
0: -hmm. but
1: um it kind of it's like it's not a horror movie it's not a satire really it's not very funny like bro burnham gets some laughs and like laverne cox is funny at different points but it's Mm -hmm. not a dark comedy even
0: and that's what it's built as right yeah it's built as a dark comedy (laughs)
1: it's not it's not funny uh laugh out loud funny or even like darkly funny um i think the best part of the movie that i thought was like brilliant is the casting other than carrie mulligan like we said Mm -hmm. who's maybe a little miscast in this role um i was texting ken's that she's 35 playing a 30 year old but since she's rich like rich 35 is poor people 25 so it's probably fine her skin is probably (laughs) better than mine uh so it's fine but um, the casting director really populates this movie with like beta comedy males who are incredibly recognizable and you mm-hmm. feel like a false sense of security with them. Like, um, I think his name is Sam Richardson, Bo Burnham, obviously, the guy from New Girl, whose name I don't know, Christopher Mintz-Plass, yes. McLevin, yeah. Schmidt, yeah. And and Adam Brody, kind of like the yeah. the, the final boss or yeah. <laughs> of like <laughs> boys you had a crush on when you were in middle school. Yeah. Uh, and like, lul- definitely lulls you into a false sense of security. And I think it's a good point that they're making, which is like, it's not a guy with like a cartoon, like mask on, like I'm the rapist, right. you know, it's yeah. everyday, um, people you interact with.
0: I think that was the best part of the movie too, was that it was like, this is like kind of a sickness that literally yeah, every man definitely. has. And I liked that it was like unapologetic about like literally every man. Like Yes, exactly. Like we're saying it every man mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah exactly every man uh, which is bo- like which is like sad and like uh I think in Carmen Maria Machado's review mm-hmm. in the New Yorker she says um she's sort of comparing it to um Midsummer mm-hmm. uh revenge movie and that movie like couldn't resist have she says that movie couldn't resist having a single good guy in the middle mm-hmm. of its cornucopia of comeuppance um but there is no such coddling and promising young woman in this and this lack of hedging feels both furious and maddeningly correct yeah like it sucks but it's true <laughs> that, yeah. it's just like this like it's it is like i was saying before like Like, I feel like in Drive, it's, like, he is also a victim of his own, like, toxic masculinity, I, you know, you could say. And I do think that's true, that, like, men are, like, could be better. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's, like, inescapable right now. Definitely. (laughs) Like, um, it's just, and that, I think, was also where, for me, the, like, catharsis of the movie came in, was that, It recognized that and was just like unapologetic about it and Mm -hmm. that it was like that someone could recognize that that and and not and put it in a movie and be like yeah it's all of you Yeah, yeah
1: and that kind of like comes to the front with Bo Burnham's character who Cassie falls in love with um i I was on edge the whole time regarding their relationship, so I never like kind of mm-hmm. gave in all the way, even though Bob Burnham, I think is very dreamy and has um the the type of height I associate with like nice men <laughs> <laughs> uh but you know used against me and the twist with him <laughs> is that he Cassie sees a video of Nina's rape and realizes Ryan was present and didn't do anything um right. and that's a, the kind of the first big twist in the film um that and Emerald Fennel in an interview with Angelica Jade Bastion, said, you know, a lot of people came up to her at the end and was kind of like, after seeing the movie, and was like, can Ryan be saved? Like, can they, can, is there forgiveness possible? Um, which I thought was interesting. And you do, you do kind of like want to give him the benefit of the doubt, even after realizing he was there. You know, that's like just kind of the point of the movie and the title, you know, that. Right. That men are worth redeeming even when they have partaken in like the worst and most terrible system of all time, the patriarchy. Uh, <laughs> um, the other thing I think that you and I both kind of felt a little icky about is Cassie's revenge plan that kicks into motion about a third of the way into the movie involves her jeopardizing um, other women in a yeah. way that was really shitty and upsetting. Um, yeah, yeah like, Alison Brie's character, who she gets drunk and then leaves in the presence of a strange man.
0: Um, yeah. I thought was so confused by that. Like, I guess it turned out that it was her friend. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, I don't know. We ha- It was very unclear about that, and even at the end when it's revealed that, like, oh, she was paying her friend to, like, watch over the person, it's like, mm-hmm. we spent this whole movie, f- like... <laughs> learning that all men suck like how do you know even if you yeah. paid him that he would be <laughs> good
1: point really you good know? point really good point point. and they give um alfred molina has a cameo as um the rapist lawyer who intimidated nina um after her rape and mm-hmm. they give him kind of like the redemptive moment where he's like realizes he has a moment of like lucidity realizing his part in nina's suicide and all the other women that he has be- like you know torn down and um that kind of like disarms cassie for a moment and Mm -hmm. you know i was kind of like i don't know who would have be more likely to have that moment like um a woman who years later realized she laughed about a classmate getting raped or like a lawyer who made money off of it um also tammy taylor from friday night lights appears as a dean Mm -hmm. who swept it under the rug Uh, like we said like really good casting really good um Mm -hmm. Appearances by people. So I guess, want to talk about the ending a bit more?
0: Yeah. Well, it sucks. (laughs) Like, from when? From starting from when she dies? Yeah. I think, like, while I was... Like, I am glad that we did not see Nina's rape in this movie. It sounded Mm. horrific. We did hear, like, clips of it from the video, Mm -hmm. but we never saw it. And it just sounded like fucking a nightmare mm-hmm. like a te- like a terrifying yeah experience definitely. and um so i'm glad we didn't see it because i think that a lot of rape revenge movies do show it to you sensationalize and like, it yeah yeah we don't need to see it mm-hmm. but at the end <laughs> cassie is murdered and it's like j- just as upsetting because mm-hmm. you it's like agonizingly long and you, I don't know. It's, it's just Ag- like, yeah. I, I hated watching that man. Like, mm-hmm. you don't see Cassie, which I guess is, like, good. You don't get, you don't see well, her, like, face, Yeah, I guess. But it's just terrible even just watching the man, like, ill yeah
1: to me like the framing was confusing because like you said like we don't see your face but also it is like when you talk about like how a lot of directors frame a rape scene you know Mm -hmm. the you're like pulled off of the woman you're not seeing it from her perspective the Mm -hmm. TV show unbelievable on Netflix did a really good job Um, it uh, based on like a a true crime story of this rapist Mm -hmm. did a really good job of centering the victims in the rape Mm -hmm. scenes that they did show where it was not, you know, like, titillating or exploitative. They really tried to subvert the male gaze there. And this, to me, felt like we have spent all this time with this character, and then, like, we watch her die really slowly and agonizingly, Mm -hmm. and then we, like, hang out with the guy in the bed for a bit, you know?
0: Yeah, it's so gross. That is, like, the most disturbing part of the movie, like, extended beyond the actual death scene is like they're just him and the best man are like hanging out mm-hmm. with the body and the way the best man is played by I think his name is Max Greenfield from Yeah New Girl who I love <laughs> you know and the um Al the Monroe. main rapist man yeah. is the guy from Glow what's his name
1: I forget Mm -hmm. his name. Chris Lowe. Chris Lowe. Okay. Yeah. But I love him too. Yeah.
0: (laughs) And the man, like, the Al is like, oh, I am so upset. I just killed this person. Like, it wasn't my fault, though. Blah, blah, blah. And Schmidt, the best man one, is like comforting him and like holding his face and is like, it's fine. Like, we'll figure it out. He doesn't even like. Care There's no one like. Happened. Holy shit! He's like, immediately oh my God. like, "We will." He, I think, even the best man assumes like you got caught up in the heat of the moment and killed this. Yeah, woman. like he has no idea that she threatened him. Yeah, she like he has no idea that any of that happened. Yeah, he's just exactly. assuming. He's just like this. My friend killed this woman, this stripper. For all I know, who was just like having sex with him. No, and then an immediate, like, we'll figure it out. We'll we'll cover yeah. it up.
1: You know, like how you just accidentally kill people during sex. Uh like, what the fuck? Uh, um, in Vulture, the writer Allison Wilmore compares the ending to I May Destroy You, which came out um, in mid-2020 to- and is also about um, a woman's rape, Michaela Cole's character. Um, and if you haven't seen I May Destroy You, it's really, really good and um, has a pretty incredible uh, finale where Michaela Cole's character imagines all of these different scenarios and in one of them her she and her friends find her rapist at the bar and like beat him to death outside Mm -hmm. and they all do it together and then she imagines another one where they um, she brings him back to her house and she talks to him and she learns that he's a sexual assault victim two, and she just goes through all these different ways like different ways Mm -hmm. of imagining how she could find closure and Allison Wilmore and Vulture writes that I may destroy you embraces a radical revolutionary empathy in its finale that may be more aspirational than uh, replicable for most of us but it presents a way of imagining life after trauma and releasing rage as an act of self-care rather than weakness or forgiveness and I may destroy Mm -hmm. you is just rage the entire time which again like is not something that you can really like dictate or tell like survivors how to process with, promising you know young woman
0: yeah I say yeah. I you oh
1: yeah promising young woman is rage the whole way through you
0: yeah know? and it is yeah. like you see it just it's just like consume her I think is a good word yeah like she's Cassie's character is just like eaten away mm-hmm. by what the happened? rage yeah and I Two g- women like, are I you know, like I get it. Like, I, mm-hmm. I do. I think another thing that I did like about this movie is that she's like enacting it up like because of her mm-hmm. best friend. And I think that that is something that a lot of women can relate to to like having these super strong friendships that mm-hmm. like are just like they mean that much to you, I yes, guess.
1: Definitely. Something else that really did not ring true to me about the ending is that the f- final vengeance nail in the coffin comes in the form of the police which I think will really not ring true for anyone yeah. who has ever had to report a sexual assault to the police they swoop in at the wedding triumphant arrest Al Monroe um and I was thinking, you know like is this is this supposed to be like the feel good ending because I'm thinking to myself, okay, he's wealthy, he's gonna get off on a manslaughter charge because he accidentally killed a stripper he's gonna serve five years in jail and get out, <laughs> you know, like yeah, um, I think Emerald Fennel in the interview with Angelica, uh, who I'm on first name basis with now, <laughs> says that she did think of another ending where Cassie burns the house where he's having the bachelor party and she says, but what happens then the cops jail forever. Was it worth it? I think that's the thing about this and the thing about revenge in general and why it's an interesting thing for me because there's no happy ending happy ending in any revenge. Surely I mean, John wick, my favorite of all time. There's got to come to a point where John wick sits down and watches television and thinks, Fuck me. I've killed a lot of people. <laughs> yeah,
0: I think that's true. There's mm-hmm. like no happy ending. Definitely. Um, yeah, but it is weird that the cops come. It's like these cops are—they're also terrible men. Like,
1: that's true. <laughs> like, and like, like check out the rape backlog. Like, you know, it just yeah. felt did not ring. And also, they would be competent enough to right. connect all the dots. It just it was like the biggest fantasy of all. I think was that the cops would figure it out right. and yeah, yeah. arrest the right people. Yeah. Hmm. Well. A really interesting movie that I'm, like, really torn about, I think.
0: I think so, too. And I think that, I mean, like, it, uh, this, uh, a lot of good discussion around it.
1: Definitely. And I'm happy to see it's getting, like, accolades, you know? Uh, Mm -hmm. I do wish, also, that, like, uh, up-and-coming, like, women directors didn't always have to, like, make a, a movie that's, like, this is about the female condition, you know, like right. my, like this story isn't a very specific story. You know, Cassie yeah. is not like fully fleshed as a character. We don't really know anything about her um, at all. We barely we know a little more about Nina and she's dead. This mm-hmm. is not like, it feels that a lot of times, like, I think uh, directors and writers who are like not white men have to take on like, this is a stand in for my whole experience As a a woman or, you know, a black person. And Mm -hmm. I just wish it wasn't like that.
0: Yeah, no, I I agree with you totally. I almost Mm. wish she had, like, leaned more into making it just about men. Mm. Because I do, I guess because, like, just because I felt like that was the most, like, cathartic part of the movie was, like, that recognition. (laughs) But I don't know. Would I even enjoy
1: watching that? Probably not. (laughs) What if it had been about a man I don't know. You're right. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Do you want to jump into one-star reviews?
0: <laughs> sure. Okay. Um, I guess I'll read this first one. It's long. <laughs> Which is, like, so hard to read because it barely makes sense. It's barely coherent. <laughs> yes. Okay. Entire film full of boring conversation and annoying overuse scene. Such as... <laughs> overuse... <laughs> 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 Such as overuse of the dancing scene overuse of the drinking scene overuse of the marking on the book scene overuse of the song playing at the background scene overuse of the driving scene and overuse of the staring at the phone scene make the film unwatchable barely intense scene is cassandra (laughs) damaging a man's truck at the intersection at the end after the death of cassandra the evidence she obtained earlier sent to the lawyer jordan to capture al that's it another disappointed film I think like I get what they're saying and I kind of agree because there it was kind of repetitive at it was. parts. It was. For sure. Like it could have been edited down a lot. I in totally my agree.
1: Totally agree. Yeah. The second uh, one star review is this is a feminist masterpiece. No logic, no physics. Feels like this movie was directed by fourteen years old girl.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> It reminds me of, like, um, it sounds like they're talking about, like, an anime or something. Yeah. Like, no logic, no physics.
1: Yeah, like, she was flipping around, like, in space. Uh, I did see a lot of one-star reviews, I think, from women who were like, I loved this movie up until the end, one star. Yeah. And I was like, ooh, yeah. Um, and the last one is, I've only seen the trailers, but there's enough vocal fry to make me throw up already. Thank you. <sighs>
0: Give us that vocal fry. We love it. Yeah.
1: Hey. I'm going to rate this a six.
0: Again, this is with with no context. Who knows? It's just a random number I pull at the moment. I'm going to say a five. Yeah. (laughs) I was disappointed, honestly. I guess, I don't know. I just like... There were parts of it that were like for sure new to the genre. Like the fact that she was a friend, enacting revenge for her friend and that she never actually really did anything violent Mm. um i thought that was like fresh and like i said before the like unapologetic men are trash view Mm love that but i was also it didn't feel fresh to me it felt yeah kind of boring which I don't know.
1: Totally. Or like, yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. Well, on to a movie that <laughs> you might be like, what's the connection here? But the connection is toxic masculinity.
0: Yeah. And like neon. And, and neon and music. Music, yeah. <laughs> and Carrie Mulligan. Carrie Mulligan. <laughs>
1: so many. So yeah. many
0: connections. And- yeah. <laughs> Okay, so our next movie is Drive from 2011. The driver spends his days performing car stunts on movie sets and his nights driving criminals around Los Angeles in his getaway car. An, introvert, <laughs> an introverted sweetie pie whose shyness belies a latent violence, he has a quiet life until he becomes involved with his neighbor Irene and her son. The driver is crushing hard on Irene, but things escalate when her husband, Standard, is released from prison early. Standard involves the driver in a complicated web of crime that endangers Irene.
1: Wow, you know what a sign of the times is? When I watched this in 2011, Yeah, I was so into this movie and so into <laughs> Ryan Gosling that I didn't even notice Oscar Isaac in this film. And now you're yeah. like, Oscar Isaac.
0: I know, exactly, yeah. Well, I was watching this last night and the person that I was watching it with when Oscar Isaac appeared on screen was like oh my god Oscar Isaac and I was like yes he is in this movie
1: yeah probably the first movie I've ever seen him in yeah. uh, maybe his like big break but um, kind of wasted in this movie too yeah uh, for sure directed by Nicholas Winding Riffin who is probably a bad guy
0: <laughs> it's funny like I remember this movie coming out and having the same reaction as everyone else being like cinema
1: Yeah, ooh, incredible lights yeah <laughs>
0: Um, and so I was like psyched when Only God Forgives comes out, which I think mm-hmm. is his next movie. Yeah. And it mm-hmm. it was so bad. Terrible. It was movie. really
1: bad. Really, really bad. But good music still. And also yeah. a hot Ryan Gosling. And like, he, he Yeah, he knows the formula that's working for
0: him. Um I guess, but it did not work in that. It did not work.
1: It really didn't work. And this movie is definitely a lot of style, a little bit of substance. But it works because I think the yearning and the horniness in it. Just hit the right notes. Um, maybe in "Only God Forgives." Only God forgives. They didn't. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, when I started watching it yesterday, I always have subtitles on because I am mm-hmm. a little hard of hearing, and I turned them off because I was like, "It's not important. None of the words are important in this movie, and they're even kind of bad at times."
0: They are bad. At the end, when he's like, <laughs> "Have you heard the story?" He, so okay, so Ryan oh Gosling's character wears the scorpion, the iconic scorpion jacket. <laughs> the whole entire movie. If I had seen that man in real life, I would have been like, Hell yeah. Agamore? <laughs> no. I'm a yeah. sucker for a Scorpio Scorpio oh, yeah, because yeah, I'm yeah. a Scorpio. True, and true, true, as true, you true. know, Scorpios are obsessed with their sign. So Exactly. Good anyway, point. at the end he's like says something about the scorpion and the f- he, <laughs> he he takes it there. He explains it for us. Oh, yeah. He <laughs> he he's us. like have you heard the story about the scorpion and the frog?
1: <laughs> yeah, and then there's like another part where uh the crime boss wants to shake Ryan Gosling's hand, and Ryan Gosling's like, My hands are dirty, and he's like, So are mine. <laughs> it's like, okay, we get it. It's just not yeah. how people would really ever talk to each other at all. Uh yeah. they're not but it's not a movie about real humans. It's a movie about no. archetypes and Hollywood and uh Yeah.
0: <laughs> Honestly, Ryan Gosling is so hot in this movie.
1: He's like, crazy hot. He,
0: he's so, like, I just love a shy bad boy. He He makes you work for that smile. He's oh, yeah. never smiling, but when yeah. he does smile, you're oh. like, ooh!
1: It, like, I can, like, catalog every moment that he smiles in this movie. Like, watching it yesterday, it was, like, muscle memory coming back to me. You know, like, when he, like, yeah. sticks his tongue out at the kid or whatever. Or when they uh. hold hands in the car. Kind of, like, almost mm-hmm. a Pride and Prejudice level of intimate hand-touching. Um,
0: yeah oh I and, would agree
1: yeah it's up there in terms of pining um, it's a great pining movie uh, the movie falls short in a lot of other ways though pretty dramatically mm-hmm. Carrie Mulligan in this movie again I was doing the math before it was explicitly stated in the movie but she's a teen mom who mm-hmm. I fucking hate that they can't cast women the same age as The fucking male characters. Wait, one second. I'm gonna Google Ryan Gosling's age because now I intimately know Carey Mulligan's age. Okay. Just wanna see how much older he is than her. He's so he's five years older than her. Let me see how old Oscar Isaac is. I'm gonna guess. Oh, okay. He's six years older. Okay. Okay, so not like a huge age gap, but one that still annoyed me too. That like women, young women, are always cast as mothers because you just disappear when you turn 25 and. (laughs) become dust and roll away uh, that bothered me i think she's miscast in a lot of reasons having to do mm-hmm. with her performance but actually maybe her being like a little timid weak thing is what nicholas winding Refn wanted it is out there in the world that nicholas winding uh Refn said that he originally the character was a latina woman and yeah. then he changed it to carrie mulligan and his reasoning is Mulligan seemed more like the sort of person you'd want to protect. (laughs) It made it more of a Romeo and Juliet kind of love story. Without the politics that would, in this day and age, be brought into it if you had different nationalities. What the fuck? Truly a crazy thing to say.
0: Yeah. It, and truly also, crazy. does not make sense. Though. It doesn't.
1: It, 100%. <laughs> Ryan Gosling IRL is with a Latina woman. And I'm yeah. sure every day they're not like the national, our different nationalities. Because of, <laughs> like a politics are just in our relationship. It just really makes no sense that she is a white woman. And it's more egregious that they had, they like d- gave this role to Carrie Mulligan because she
0: is a innocent white lady. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, it is weird. What role is Carrie Mulligan good in?
1: I was thinking that last night, and I was like, I honestly don't know. Maybe in education, I guess. Yeah.
0: I did just watch that movie, The Dig, with her. Was it good? It was was not good. It was very, like, melodramatic, like, about, Mm -hmm. and just the music would, like, tell you how to feel and stuff and Uh, whatever. But it did have, like, some good kissing because that guy, Johnny Flynn's in it okay uh so some good kissing not with carrie mulligan either with uh, with someone else whose name i forget um and it also had some interesting ideas about like what you leave behind and
1: ooh, Ooh. yeah maybe carrie mulligan is just not for me she looks so much like this other actress that i kept thinking about instead fuck who is that oh michelle williams yes i confuse them all the time love michelle williams though to me is like every role she's in i'm like give me more of michelle williams
0: yeah exactly so maybe but that's just for police carrie mulligan and everything with michelle Williams. yeah
1: i know let's cgi her in uh
0: (laughs) also would have definitely been better in promising young woman agreed she can i feel
1: like she can go darker like yeah more successfully yeah um Oscar Isaac said, as soon as I sat down with Nicholas, he explained this universe and the world of the story. So we made the character into someone interested in owning a restaurant. Don't think that ever comes up. Someone who made wrong decisions in his life, ending up in a bad place. By making Standard more specific and more interesting, we found that the story made, it made the story more compelling. And this was in response to him being asked about, like, playing a kind of stereotypical Latino man who has a criminal history. And I don't Mm. think they made Standard more compelling and interesting. None
0: all. of that, like, I'm glad that they were able to have that conversation and, like, Oscar Isaac was able to think that in his head, but none of that is in the actual movie. <laughs> none of
1: it. Yeah, like, they never reference him having a restaurant, I don't think, like, at all. Uh, and I think also his character is directly compared to the Ryan Gosling's and compared negatively. You know, right. like, he's, it, the implicit thing is, like, Ryan Gosling should be the family, the man in this family.
0: right. Not yeah.
1: standard, who went to jail yeah. and is bat.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think I think the thing about this movie is like you you're like, oh, a sweet man <laughs> and you're like instantly taken in. You're like, this man is sweet, he's quiet,
1: he's He wants to he- fix things around the house for you.
0: Exactly. And then He has such a charming smile. He does. And then at a point, there's and then there's a, a switch flips, and he's like talking to a man in a bar and he's like I will kick your teeth down your throat if you don't stop talking to me and instantly you're like god damn it the illusion is shattered
1: yeah and honestly like the I was thinking a lot about the elevator in this movie and how Mm -hmm. the elevator is like this liminal world where they can Mm. be free and have love for each other Mm -hmm. and there's the pivotal kiss between Carrie Mulligan and Ryan Gosling in the elevator directly Mm -hmm. before Ryan Gosling smushes a man's head into a pulp Mm -hmm. um and Carrie Mulligan is, like, a stiff board receiving the kiss. This is my first time really noticing it. Like, you're so swept up in Ryan Gosling yeah. that you don't really notice that she is just, like, limp receiving the kiss and then sees him kick a man to death and is like, peace out. Um, yeah. yeah. It just, the, yeah, go on.
0: The violence in this movie is, like, cartoonish as well. I think mm-hmm. it's, like, it's just really bad. It it's It's unnecessary and... Um, it just looks bad too. Like, it doesn't look good. <laughs>
1: yeah, you're like right. The gore
0: it, and stuff, it just looks. It, maybe it's just like we have advanced. We can make better gore now, but.
1: <laughs> yeah, and the periphery characters, like Brian Cranston and Albert Brooks, are just like also kind of underwritten, cartoonish. Mm-hmm. Brian Cranston is very cartoonish. Uh, it's a silly movie. It skates by and holds a place in my heart because of Ryan Gosling's handsomeness mm-hmm. and the soundtrack. Yeah, which the is soundtrack so yeah. good. Yeah, so good.
0: Even like. It it does have it's very stylish like it's like it's a it's like a pretty movie it has a lot Mm. of like very striking Mm -hmm. shots for sure that are like iconic and I think it did like usher us into this sort of Mm. eighties nostalgia genre like I texted Bridget when I was watching it and was like would it follows have existed without Mm. Drive because I think it just like I think that I think a lot of movies are like you know sort of. Get that. See, they're like, let's capture the the drive vibe, which it is a oh, vibe. Oh, so true. It is a vibe. Like,
1: <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> no thoughts, just vibes. Exactly. <laughs> it's this whole movie. Uh, yeah, definitely. Did you know, okay, the song that they play twice in this movie, uh, mm-hmm. A Real Hero by College, mm-hmm. Guess what that song is about? You will never in a million years guess what this song is about.
0: I have no idea. Yeah,
1: tell me. Okay, It's very apparent when you look at the lyrics, which I have the <laughs> subtitles on for this part of the movie. Oh, okay. The song is about Sully Sullenberger, the miracle on the Hudson, when that pilot flew into a flock of geese and had to make an emergency landing on the That's p- what it's about? Hudson. A pilot on a cold, cold morn. A hundred fifty-five people or more, all safe and all rescued on a slowly sinking ship. Yeah, it's about holy shit. fucking Sully Sullenberger. They should have used that in the Sully movie. I if they did. <laughs> I was like, I wonder if he knows this song exists about him.
0: That's so. I love that. That makes me That's like it so even funny. More. Yeah, so I want more more songs inspired by, like, uh, strange news stories. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Definitely. 100%. 100%. Uh, yeah.
0: I did watch this movie in theaters. Uh, I went with my Same. dad. And I remember we left the movies and we were like, we both really liked it and we could both like connect on liking the movie. And I felt, I felt good because it was like, we were what, like it came it out ten, 10 years ago. I think it came out like when we had graduated, like Fresh I think I New saw it the college. summer before yeah. high for for yeah. college.
1: Correct. Correct. Yeah.
0: And so it was like, we were little babies. I felt like I was just starting to realize I like could, I could have, Tasted good movies and stuff yeah and same. i was like this is one of them
1: this is as we have said many times before on this podcast a movie
0: that would have appeared in a gift set on tumblr oh yeah oh one i definitely did too
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> honestly nicholas winding ruffin can like thank his whole career to girls on tumblr probably
0: yeah you're right yeah <laughs>
1: And that's beautiful. All right. You want to jump into one-star reviews?
0: Yeah, let's do this. These are so good. I love these ones. I'll read the first one. (laughs) No plot, no characters, no dialogues. 90% silence, 100% bad.
1: (laughs) Both of these reviews have percentages in them. I know. (laughs) People were really thinking hard. Okay, this one is, I wanted to break my lappy, which I'm assuming is laptop. After watching this dumb movie. Let me get straight to the point. This movie is baseless. Ryan character Ryan's character is dumb. There is no point in the movie. Like, why is he so angry when he fights? Why is he so silent? Why is he so mysterious? Why the five minute thing about the heist? <laughs> kind of a good point. <laughs> why does he do what he does? Drive for robberies. What does he want in his life? And then... Why do they put it in the thriller genre when it's forty percent drama and ten percent action, fifty percent nothing at all? Can't fight with these. <laughs> Why does he say the thing about the five minutes in the heights? I don't know.
0: This movie is good though. <laughs>
1: it is good. Like I will rewatch and will still feel that little butterfly in my tummy.
0: Yeah, oh, one hundred percent. I was like shocked at how much I felt it last night watching it. I was like, "What it's is Ryan happening?" It's Ryan
1: Gosling. It's just pure Gosling charm.
0: Yeah, it was like that TikTok. That's like, why do I feel this way?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh my gosh. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Uh, this is a TikTok sponsored podcast.
1: Now. This is yeah exactly. This is going to be hard to rate because my my body. What's that song? It's like, my mind telling me no. Yeah. For my body. Yeah. Uh, there's a m- mind-body disconnect here. So it's I'm like gonna the give it- first
0: half could be a different rating than the second half, I think. Yeah. Right? I just like, want to watch more scenes of them like doing. Like smiles. Yeah. Like, co- quiet things together.
1: Yeah. Picking up groceries. That's like when a she- 10. Oh, my God. When, when she shows up at his garage. So cute. It's so cute. Also, why is she 24, but she dresses like a mom? She dresses really weird in this movie.
0: <laughs> I was like, I was like, should I get that haircut?
1: <laughs> no.
0: I know that I shouldn't because I couldn't pull it off, but I feel like it's a weird, I feel like weird haircuts are in mm. and it is a weird haircut.
1: It's a, it's kind of like an older mom haircut, but she has like a little baby face.
0: Yeah. So I couldn't okay. pull it off. No way.
1: I think only Carrie Mulligan can pull it <laughs> off. And she does kind of look like, Someone like co- dress her yeah.
0: Someone compared her like a cupid doll. Yeah. And yeah, I totally yeah. can see that.
1: Yeah. She in the in the scenery he kisses her in the elevator, she's wearing like a baseball t shirt, a button up, and then like a long skirt, like a peasant skirt. Yeah. I was it's like, very what random. are you
0: wearing? That's also a sign of the times as well. Like what oh, a true. weird lost era for fashion.
1: So true. Really? Uh, the the scorpion jacket. I remember seeing this tweet that was like, "I'm at a party with a guy who's dressed like Ryan Gosling from Drive, and I keep calling him Macklemore to piss him off."
0: I would say that I forgot that Macklemore existed. Oh god, I wouldn't have said that thing about the scorpion jacket if I <laughs> no. Remember. It's okay, but I do. I will say that like Carmen Maria Machado in her review from Promising Young Women does mm. have this. Uh, quote that's like um about rape revenge movies but it's like Mm -hmm. the genre lends itself to gritty accounts of good guys who are morally required to do bad Mm -hmm. things in the service of justice a kind of story that mostly men i think want to tell oh and i think that this could be applied directly to drive and i think that like Mm -hmm. the the reason why I like only like the first half is because it's just like this cute guy doing stuff and he's not like asking for anything in return. he's just mm-hmm. being like cute. but then the second half feels very like I can imagine like a guy watching a got like a reddit man watching this <laughs> and then buying driving gloves and the yeah. jacket and being yeah. like i I am good
1: <laughs> yeah, and it's also like Carrie Mulligan's character. She doesn't really speak ever, but she's kind of like, I'm not asking you to do this, man. Like, right. When he's like, I have a million dollars, and we can run away together. I could come with you. And yeah. she's yeah. just kind of like, okay. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. When you just want a flirtation with your cute neighbor, and then he kills a man in an elevator in front of you. Yeah. You could not relate.
0: Yeah. It feels like like it turns into something gross for sure by the end of it.
1: Mhm. Do you think he actually dies?
0: Uh and then he's just driving to <laughs> a real really hero fuck in with heaven. they that last shot, don't they? He's like staring at the he's just he's bleeding out and he is um not blinking, mm-hmm. which kind of calls back to a staring contest that he had earlier in the movie. Ooh, connections B- that he was bad at and he did blink and so you're like he's staring a long time he must be dead because he's, he's good- bad at not blinking <laughs> then oh my he does gosh like it's, it's a hidden lie. message
1: yeah
0: yeah
1: wow never so, thought of it
0: like that yeah first half of the movie first half of the movie i'll rate it an eight because like that smile charms the pants off of me for sure <laughs> same same Second half, like a four. <laughs> yeah.
1: I'm going to give it an eight. Like, what am I kidding myself? I had a giant drive poster in my dorm sophomore year oh, above yeah. my bed.
0: <laughs>
1: so like I, I said, can't hide my past.
0: Yeah. I yeah. totally support that. I mean, I think we all were like this movie. Wow. Caliente. Yeah. Cinema. You know?
1: Yeah, definitely. For sure.
0: I think it was like, and like I said, I think it like, sort of like catapulted this sort of vibe
1: yeah vibe cinema
0: yeah (laughs) which i appreciate yeah
1: me (laughs) too we love the vibes okay um chick flicks is researched and written by bridget Hovell and edited by mackenzie chapman many thanks to tim grief carlson for our music our next episode will air on february 22nd and we will be discussing judas and the black messiah and the murder of fred hampton
0: you can follow ChickFlicks on Instagram and Twitter at chickflixpod, and email us at podcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to review us on Apple Podcasts.
1: We got to quit our day jobs.
0: <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye.